Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Just the two years, Melly. Our boy's man. sick. Our, our boss is sick. Must have some dodgy soup or something. <laughs> this week, two games, one point, one trophy, two podcasters, zero goals, and a double treble looms large as the final countdown begins. All this and more in the latest episode of 20 Minute Tim. Hello and welcome to episode 138 of 20 Minute Tims. I'm filling in as a false host position for this week as James is ill. Uh, but with me, as always, is your friend and mine, Martin Melly. Hello. Melly, we held off as long as we possibly could. We tweeted out yesterday that we had uh, illness in the in the camp, but it has struck again and James hasn't recovered in time. Down to two men, not good enough. It prevented us getting our content out in time, but what really did prevent us is getting his content out basically all over the place. He's definitely ill. Um, we have photographic evidence in the WhatsApp group. Yes, graphic photographic evidence. <laughs> but he'll, he'll be back. He'll more than likely pull through. Let's, it, let's hope. Usually verbal diarrhea coming out of his <laughs> mouth, but it's just diarrhea coming out of his mouth there. Oh dear. Melly, this must be a first. Uh, not that James is sick. That happens quite frequently. God knows he eats a lot of weird things. But it's a first, as far as I can tell, that we've... Get two games to talk about here, two home games and zero goals. I think the last time me and you, it was just the two of us, we did a midweek match companion and it was Aberdeen versus Celtic and remember Johnny Hayes? Yeah, exactly, two seasons ago. <laughs> midweek, they were 2-0 up at half time and we just started it by saying turgid, just adjective after adjective about how pish Celtic wear <laughs> so just roll them out again because it has been a dire dire week game wise well, Josie Mourinho said after a recent poor result for Man United that basically this is why I don't play these guys the, the guys who have come in from the fringes this is why I don't play them Brendan Rodgers obviously isn't going to come out and say something like that but he must have thought it after Kilmarnock I know but then he plays his first team and they're just as bad <laughs> so <laughs> Well, Kelly, Kelly had lost three games in a row coming up to this, probably to be understood because realistically they've probably had a bit of an adrenaline dump after what's been a good season. But at the same time, this is another game where Celtic have failed to beat Clarks Kilmarnock. I mean, that's, it is quite remarkable at this stage. As far as I can tell, they've only scored one goal against them, which is all the way back when at home it was a goal Lee Griffiths scored a crown goal. It was a lovely through ball or a diagonal ball over the top from Kuasi and Griffiths took it first. That's the only goal they've scored against Kamarnock this season. Well, Clark's Kamarnock. Yeah, we I mean, we really, really struggle to break them down and I've sat through a lot of bad games, <laughs> but I think that is the worst game I've ever been in my life. <laughs> not not just because of the game, just I was having a crap day. <laughs> I parked the car, walked down the street and there was an absolute monsoon. The rain was coming <laughs> towards terrible. me and my 
jeans were soaked. I was like, it's fucking me. <laughs> and I'm soaking. Got to the game. It was miserable. And the play on the park. And at half time, I said, this is going to finish nil nil. <laughs> and it did. I've just seen it so many times before. We just didn't look like we could break them down. We didn't have any opportunities. Everything was slow. It was just one of those games that if it was a, another season, we'd maybe write it off and say, end of season game, midweek mm. game, a lot of changes. But we've seen it so many times this season from dropping points in four games last year. We know last year was a one-off. 14 games we've dropped points in this season. That is ridiculous. And Mostly was, home games. Maybe. Yeah, and we'll come on to the Aberdeen game as well. But obviously the home game is, the home form this season has been pretty rotten. Brendan did say before the game when it was put to him that there's no such thing as a dead rubber game at Celtic that he doesn't believe that so we can't just write these games off as well they didn't mean anything because fans travel to these games they expect expect performances it doesn't work I don't necessarily go along with this line that well we pay the money we pay for our season tickets so we expect this we should be winning all the games at home that's not really how sport works to be honest you know you can't just you can't just plan for winning all your home games I know a club like Celtic strive for that but it's, it's not going to happen it's not but I will ask for some entertainment well, like anything <laughs> absolutely anything like sitting there soaked in May thinking this is boring this is boring and I can tell how it's going to go they just don't look like breaking them down Commander doesn't even play Chris Boyd he's their main goal threat well, I they, didn't, they didn't have many chances but what, Celtic didn't have a shot on target the first half? Jones wasn't playing either, was he? Was no. He's their best attacker, and Broadfoot was is the, probably their best defender, and he didn't play. The spine was ripped out. <laughs> yeah. There's only twice that I can remember that I've ever felt like that, how you describe as being a football game. One, funnily enough, was against Kilmarnock years ago. Connor Salmon, Slamming Salmon, scored at Celtic Park. It was about minus 12 or something. Oh. Like it was like a midweek December game, and Thomas Rogner, Equalised, but I'd, I'd already, shamefully, I'd already gone by this point because my, I couldn't feel my feet. The other time was in Barcelona. I went to see Barcelona maybe about four or five years ago. It was the day they were presented with the trophy. Remember that hilarious video of Puyol walking over with a trophy and Alex Song thought oh. I was going to give it to him, but it was actually <laughs> Abidal. I was there for that game, but I'd left before that point because it was absolutely belting it down. And there's no roof on the, the no. new camper in, and I was sitting about 3,000 feet up. Those are the only twice that I can remember being utterly miserable at games of football. Oh, I've been, the dialer years just came <laughs> swanning right back to me, and I said it was absolutely brutal. And then I thought, oh, come on, that trophy day, uh, Aberdeen trophy day, that'll be better. Nope. <laughs> well, there was a lot of changes come on the game. Simunovic was seen for the first time since being sent off at Ibrox. Yes. So he was back in as the sort of. I suppose you would call him the senior defender. Positives to be taken is that it's another clean sheet, I suppose, from a fairly young defence that I wouldn't imagine have played together before, all, all four of them. I think the average age was about 21 and a half. And Jack Henry again. Jack Henry, the curse <laughs> continues. Now, there's the stat that was floating around, I think it was Jack Taylor. I don't know how you pronounce that, but he's a kind of prominent Celtic tweeter. Put out the stats that Celtic results in 2018 without Henry in the starting eleven. It's a load of W's with one... I'm not going to read out all the W's, but it's a load of W's and one L in there. Celtic results 2018 with Henry in the starting 11. L-D-D-D-W-L-D. And the W was a Hamilton game? I think, I think it off was. at halftime? Yeah. No, <laughs> I, don't, I don't necessarily believe in curses, but it comes a point where, I mean, what's, what's going on with you, mate? I know. 
Did he in fairness? I don't think he played all that badly. No, he was all right. I mean, as you say, defence. And they did their job essentially. It's, I mean, they didn't concede that it's, it's the attack that should be. It's just going forward. Just doesn't look like MD's got any ideas unless Tom Rogic is doing something. There's just no ideas. Like, for Mag- however effective McGregor is, he's not a creator really, no. is he? He's just a tidy, tidy player. I mean, Forrest has, hasn't been great, wasn't great against Aberdeen. And Sinclair again, just there's nothing there. There's no creativity, there's no spark, no flair. You're just wait. They're all waiting for somebody else to do something rather than somebody to take a chance themselves. If you've got Roberts up there as the quote unquote false nine, not how much I love that phrase, really an absolutely thankless task. Oh, it's awful for, for that to be the guy's last game is, is really horrendous. I mean, last season they played it a lot just through absolute necessity, but. Hmm. Then Sinclair was on fire. He Roberts himself was on fire. Forrest on the other side. Armstrong was on fire. There was goals from everywhere. But now, when there's no goals and you put them up front, easy for Kilmarnock to defend. Easy, easy, easy. Absolutely. Just sit back and soak up because there's no other option. They can't go long. There's no focal point up there. It's a concern you've raised before, not even just this season, it's that Tom Rogic, and I, I agree with you, like, as terrific a player as he is, it can't be just him all the time. It can't just be him that's, that's handed the keys and just tell him, right, unlock that defence, or we've got nothing else nothing else in the locker recently. It's terrible. It's just not good enough. I no. mean, it's not as if we're even expecting these guys to do something we haven't seen before. We've seen them all do this. They've all played well. They've all scored more goals. They've all created more chances. It's just like the whole season. It's just, it's all unattached. There's no, hmm. it's not much of a unit. It's just, it's not good to watch, unfortunately. And that's weird saying that, considering we're on the cusp of possibly a double <laughs> treble. It's just <laughs> wild. I mean, that's the thing. I, again, the disclaimer here, I, I'd like to think that our audience knows what we're doing by now, but we we do talk about individual games as individual games while acknowledging that the bigger picture is hugely successful season. Yeah, I mean, we, we come in every week, so we have to discuss yeah. every game. We can't just pick a month and say, pick games out it. Like, having to sit through that and I'm like what am I going to talk about in this game there's <laughs> I've got one bit, chance I've got a good idea why don't we just bin the podcast next season just come back next May and do one podcast and just go through the Wikipedia page of oh, everything Celtic have won <laughs> Calvin Miller um, came in for this game I think that's his fourth appearance of the season weirdly enough three of which were against uh, been against Kilmarnock I don't wish to sound unkind here but I don't get it with Calvin Miller now I, I know he's he's young and he's learning a new position and he's got big shoes to fill with Kieran Tierney ahead of him. But I don't I don't see him as a left back. I, I don't really know if he's the most comfortable there. I'm not writing him off as a player at all. I just don't really see him as being a left back. It actually kind of amazes me that Brendan Rodgers, as great a coach and manager as he is, thinks that you can just essentially play without fullbacks. In any game at all, I don't mean without fullbacks, but you can just throw anyone in there and expect them to do the same job. Just stick Jack Hendry at right back, he's right footed. Christopher Ayer at Ibrox. Pep Guardiola, when he came in to Man City, didn't have that successful a first season. So in this second summer, he went out and spent a fortune on fullbacks. I'm not saying Celtic can go out and spend £150 on fullbacks, but it's something I'd like to see addressed with some sort of strength in there. Oh, hundred percent. It just that seems to be the position. Yeah, you can do that. Let's like stick a winger there, and they'll be good going forward. That's essentially what we've done here. Yeah, 
you said he doesn't look comfortable there. He doesn't, and it's not comfortable watching him there. It was awful seeing a guy that age in front of all these fans, and you know that way we are no confidence and you're just trying to get the ball away as quickly as possible yeah. you're not doing anything right simple passes were going astray he was just getting the ball and launching crosses when there's nobody up there that's going to win it I felt for the guy because it was just there was no hope for him there it wasn't no. good and I, he's not a left back he's not a left back and see this Kieran Tierney's a great player we know that but we've absolutely flogged him this year we cannot, this, this, is that not a 61st game? Mm-hmm. Will be the cup final be our 61st game? We cannot play that boy for 50, late 50s of that game. It's not fair. We need to get somebody in. Kieran Tierney was at his best when he had Izagiri behind him. Yeah. Kieran Tierney came in in October when he first came in and then stayed in the team, built up his fitness the following season. He came in, he was out for what, a month, two months with that ankle injury, possibly longer. He's not done. This is his first full season. You cannot take the piss out of the guy no. like that. And on the other side, you're refusing to play Gamboa. Fair enough, but you have to have somebody there to play. You've loaned out Ralston and Jack Henry's not a right back. No. We're, we're having a laugh at him not winning games, but that's not his position. He's a centre half. If we're going to be seeing these guys, we want changes. You need changes. You need to give guys game time, but None of them showed anything. Absolutely none of them. I hate being this negative, but <laughs> you put me through that game Celtic, so you're going to listen to this. If anything, Calvin Miller um, has made me even more impressed with the season Christopher Ayers had, because there's a lot of parallels to be drawn there. They're both about the same age. In, in fact, Christopher Ayers slightly younger than Calvin Miller. They're both being asked to essentially learn new positions from scratch. And one has come in and played about 33 games and one's played four. If you look at the, the team as sort of blocks from start to finish, you've got defence, midfield and, and forwards, whatever variations there are of those. You've got Brown in the middle, you've got Dembele up front. And really, it's since Ayer's come into the team in November, it's really Ayer plus whoever's whoever's chosen round about him. It is. With Ayer, you can see you can see the attributes that he's got them to play a centre-half. Yeah. Calvin Miller, you don't. Even if he was playing further up the pitch... I don't think he's there for Celtic good enough. It's it's hard to tell because I'd like to... I tried to watch the game back and think, wait, well, what's he offering attacking-wise? He might not be the greatest of defenders, but that's not going to be his primary job as a left-back no, for Celtic at home. If he was a winger, you'd expect, expect to maybe flying down, yeah. going on the outside, but he didn't even offer that, hits unfortunately. The, hits the first man quite a bit with his crosses, I felt, as well. I, I, I don't want to slay the guy. We're just talking about this game in, in isolation. I, I'm in no way writing him off as a player no hopefully not I mean maybe if we loan him out next season maybe he'll make carve out a decent career somewhere else I just don't see it being left back for Celtic but on Ayer I mean since he's come in he's barely missed a game he's only yeah. maybe been rested and as Mr <laughs> Flynn's not here he's our best centre half yeah, easily aye. and he fully deserves that new deal and I'm glad we've well, got him tied down on it yeah now's a good time it, as you say it's him and whoever we buy That's in the it. summer that's going to be the centre-half pairing. And the thing with versus Miller as well, Ayers had to come in and move to a new country at that age and sort of learn the learn the ropes. Miller hasn't faced any of that kind of stuff. So, oh, again, I'm not having a go at Miller. I'm more trying to praise Ayer for the, for the job he's done. It's been remarkable. And, and now's as good a time as any to bring up the fact he's just signed a four-year contract. Makes 100% sense. Oh, I- Give him more. Easy. <laughs> give him more. <laughs> give, him, give him 10 years. And that's, we've not even mentioned the fact that he's, he's made his 
well, we did at the time, but he's made his international debut this season as well. So, all all positives of this. All good. I mean, the guy still makes mistakes, but if you're a guy being thrown into a new position, you're going to make mistakes, especially when you maybe yeah. don't have a a partner beside you. It's chopped and changed all season. His goalkeeper's chopped and changed. The right back's chopped and changed. So he's been him and Tierney are the the, the two steady Eddies in there. Yeah. Cham in midfield, Edward up front. We we have got a really young team. Sometimes we do forget that. We've got a couple of experienced players sprinkled in, but maybe not enough. But some, uh, hopefully, I mean, Comper will come in and show <laughs> how it's done. And sometimes we focus a wee bit too much on defensive errors. I mean, it's not even like things that are leading to. And he actually nearly scored their own goal in that game. Actually, an absolute screamer it would have been from the penalty spot. But we sometimes focus too much on. Oh, he's given that ball away. He's lost that ball. He's he's not he's not been in the right position. But realistically, the only reason we're fo- focusing on that so much is because it's a defensive position. It happens all over the park. No, we don't have a midfielder on the team who plays every pass completely perfectly. Tom Rogic doesn't. N- not all of his touches come off. So well, Scott Brown has some horror shows passes <laughs> against Kilmarnock. It was quite it was quite bad. Do you know what Scott Brown actually? When we're on the subject, he said after the game that Kilmarnock weren't interested in attacking, and I don't think they created a single decent chance in the game. I no. think I think the stats proved that as well. I think it was zero attempts on target. But in fairness, Scott Brown was man of the match. So the reason that they didn't attack was because he stopped them doing it. So it's not that they didn't want to attack, it's just that he was doing his job properly. Because it certainly, he didn't get man of the match for his, his raking long passes and, and dribbling around like that. No, you let Scott Brown away with the odd pass because that's not his main attribute. No, no. It's everything else he brings, but his passing has come on. But what is worrying is, if I was to say to you, what position, what's the two positions we should address in the summer? What would you say? Um, right back. And centre half, probably. Exactly, that's the exact same positions I'd say. And maybe think about a goalkeeper. But we've had loads of clean sheets recently. Yeah. Absolutely <laughs> loads. Yeah. Like, well, maybe not def- the defence doesn't look solid, but that's not been the problem in the league. It's, it's the other end of the pitch that really is worrying. And we are going to be maybe keep going on about it. But if we lose Rogic, if we lose Dembele, we're losing. Ro- oh, I'll try to fight back the tears, we're losing Roberts. Oh. But Musonda as well, they're not playing well, but you take that quality out of the team and a team that's not scoring goals, it's a scary thought. I remember years ago, Hugh Keevans making a big deal on the radio about, it was when Jan Veriger of Hesling was here and actually spoke to Jan Veriger of Hesling about this very matter, still available to download <laughs> on iTunes and wherever you get your podcast. But I brought it up to him that Hugh Keevans was saying at the time that any Celtic striker doesn't matter what the circumstances if they don't score 20 goals then that's a failure of a season and Jan Vinegar of Hisling got there I think on the last day he scored his 20th goal which shut him up but we don't have any players even really close to 20 this season or is it 18? Well, has got 10 in the league <laughs> Alex Schalke's got more than him he's finished bottom of the league with Ross County Kelly Ace Boyd as well oh well Boyd's a different breed isn't he he's just better, the best I've ever been better than Larson but that, I know it's been stop start for a lot of players like Last season, we only had one or two injuries throughout the season. But this season, you look at the team, I mean, Gordon's been out, Lustig's been out, centre-half pairings have changed because they've all been injured. And in the midfield, Armstrong's been out, Roberts has been out, every Griffiths, there's been injuries all over the pitch and it's just disrupted the whole team and nobody's, nobody's had a run of games where they've banged in the goals. It's all been spread out all over the place. So hopefully... 
next season will be different. I mean, most of our players are Scottish, there'll be no World Cup for them, but the Rogic thing will be worrying. We will have Christie back, we'll have Morgan in, but we do need about four or five players that will go into the first 11. Mm. We say this all the time, but right back, centre half, we need a backup left back. It looks like we're going to go with the three keepers we have signed as Bain yeah. as a new deal. And up front, if we lose Dembele, like, it's worrying. Like, maybe we'll come on to him later on, but Gary Hooper, Moussa Dembele, Henrik Larsson, when they three are in the team, I always think, oh, it's a tough game, but we've got a chance because they're in it and a good, good, good chance they will take it. You take that out of the team, it's going to be difficult for us in the league and in Europe sometimes next year. Pessimistic. <laughs> really, these things they don't really matter. They're they're more just curiosities after the fact. You don't look at the season and go, right, we didn't score enough goals. Clearly, they did. It would be nice to have players on 20, 30 goals a season, but really, it comes second to the points gathered and and trophies, obviously. But ultimately, you increase your chances of having games like we saw on Wednesday yeah. night, Kilmarnock, when you struggle to break down teams. That's it. The Kilmarnock game, we could write it off as we dropped two points up to. Split last year, then we dropped. Was it one one game we dropped up to the split, hmm. or two no. two games up to the split? Then after the split, we dropped two and uh, dropped points in two out of five games. But this Kilmarnock game isn't a one off. It isn't an end of season game. Hmm. We haven't beat yeah. Steve Clark yet. No, I know. Drop yeah. points against every team basically in the league, bar Ross County and Thistle, who are crap. <laughs> the two bottom teams. I mean, it is. I think we beat Hamilton every time as well, but yeah. that's the three bottom teams. Everyone else, I think we've dropped points against, and we only finished end up in the end up finished nine points ahead. I know after the split we have we haven't had to win games, but that's not good enough considering how much further away, how many, how bit better a squad we've got. We should be doing better, and there is improvement needed for next year. See, just speaking of Steve Clark there, as if he needs highlighted more what a job he's done. Aye, we've, we've covered the fact that. Brendan Rodgers has so far been unable to get the better of him. I think that's what two draws and a defeat, defeat since they've come in. I'm going to give you a wee lineup here, and it links back to Calvin Miller being in the team because I looked back at his previous appearances. Three of the four have been against Kilmarnock. I'm going to give you a lineup here Craig Gordon, Christopher Ayer, Anthony Ralston, Kieran Tierney, Stuart Armstrong, Johnny Hayes, Tom Rogic, Kundai Benyu, Ibuya <laughs> Kawasi, Lee Griffiths, Calvin Miller. Now that, that lineup. Beat Lee McCullers Kilmarnock 5 0. Oh, that was the night Tierney roasted. Yeah, that's right. And since then, Celtic have only scored one goal against them. And that's essentially the same team with Malumbu and Chibola added. What, I wouldn't be confident that team would beat Ross County. <laughs> In the game itself, very few incidents, but they did have a disallowed goal from. Yeah, big Jozo. Jozo, Heather, and Ayer. We rush of blood to the head, flicked over the line from, from short range. It kind of reminded me of, um, do you remember years ago? This was when Spain were Spain. They were oh. the best team in the world. <laughs> Cristiano Ronaldo. Was, I think it was a friendly. I, don't, I think it wasn't. It didn't mean much, but Cristiano Ronaldo scored one of the most amazing goals, or rather scored, in inverted commas, one of the most amazing goals you'll ever see. He beat two or three players, left Puyol on his arse and just sort of scooped it into the far post and turned away to celebrate. And just at that second, <laughs> Nanny, his teammate... <laughs> His teammate Nanny comes in and heads it over the line from about three inches from an offside position. So not only did the goal not count, Ronaldo, he was absolutely furious. Oh, no wonder. <laughs> it was absolutely amazing. And for it to be his 
countryman and his Man United teammate <laughs> to take it away from him <laughs> when there's no need. Oh. But, um, but I get, that kind of reminded me of that. I just, it was just instinct, really. He wasn't to know he was, yeah. In fact, looking back on it, he probably didn't know it was on target. Just a header came towards him, he thought, I'm going to turn this in. And it was kind of unlucky to get pulled back for offside. This is how much we're struggling. <laughs> Don't have a single goal to talk about them. Yeah, disallowed goal. Melee run us through the corners. <laughs> <laughs> you said there that most of the teams in the league now have taken points off Celtic this season. That was finalised by Aberdeen doing so just a few days later because they hadn't taken anything off. They hadn't scored this season against Celtic until this point. I don't think they'd won at Celtic Bar since, what was it, 19... Or, the 2000. They, 2004, but they hadn't kept a clean sheet against Celtic since 1994. That's that's incredible. Oh, I just expected, oh, it's Aberdeen. Aye. We'll win. I, I didn't think we'd get... It didn't come into my head. Well, we might get beat today. No, I mean, no. Well... We've talked about it a lot this season. You quite often use the phrase "cake the bed" when yeah. it comes to Aberdeen because they don't get results against Celtic or Rangers as it happens. But they did it. They came to the most difficult. Well, I, I say the most difficult place to go in the country. Maybe not this season. Was it been hemorrhaging points this season? Well, Hibs. That was the first points Hibs had dropped at Easter Road this year. Is that right? About 2018. But Aberdeen came and they got the result. The second match-fixing scandal of the season, yes. Celtic threw the game to Hibs to set up the Rangers decider, and then, then they threw the game against Aberdeen as well to, to guarantee Aberdeen's second place. It's a disgrace, frankly. It's nothing to do with the fact that we're just pish right now. <laughs> Aberdeen, I've said that a few times recently, I think they deserve credit for this season because we've spent all season talking about how good Lennon's Hibs have been, how good Steve Clark's Kelly have been. But Aberdeen have come out on top again. They've managed to finish second. They don't get a great deal of points against the, the top teams, but really, I mean, it seems silly to say, but points are points. They must be picking them up somewhere along the line, and they must be doing it better than these other teams that are competing with them. That's exactly it. I mean, Celtic have dropped a lot of points at home, the Huns have dropped a scandalous amount of points at home, but Aberdeen, that's why next year Celtic need to buck up their ideas, because all Rangers, said it before, all Rangers need to do is beat everybody else. That's what Aberdeen do. Rangers and Celtic, Rangers haven't shown it, but they've got better players than Aberdeen, ability-wise. Aye, aye, aye. But Definitely. Aberdeen can't get a result against them, but Aberdeen just beat everybody else that they, they should beat. They do what they should. They probably don't get the credit they deserve because it's terrible to watch. Hmm, it's hammer-throwing <laughs> stuff. It is wild tackles. It's not pretty football, but it's effective in this league and they get the job done. Well, we're on that, I may as well go straight to it. The Graham Shinney tackle and oh. Scott Brown and the, the afters that that involved. Not my favourite tackle of the weekend. That no. belonged to Scott Allen. Oh, <laughs> oh that, is, that was absolutely incredible. Worth every penny, that guy, for that. I didn't the know. The banter we've had at him oh, has been worth it. Superb. I didn't see that until it was on Sports Scene because, quite frankly, I wish I was watching that game instead of the <laughs> Aberdeen game right enough because it was an absolute thriller. But that I was howling laughing at that, that tackle because they get away with it. The, the ref looking right at it, that's <laughs> the best bit. It's, it's everything that ticks all the boxes of a oh. straight red. It's the scissor motion, it's well off the ground, it's well late. I, I can't explain no. it. It's just pure incompetence from the ref. But I'm glad they done it because... Oh. It was wonderful, absolutely wonderful. It's the unseen Fenian hand again. It was all part of Peter Law's conspiracy to throw the game against Aberdeen and keep Scott Allen on the pitch. Yeah, the score as well. Was it not Dallas, but that was the ref? So yeah, was it? I oh, think so. Well. Look, Celtic didn't play well again. Aberdeen didn't really create many chances. 
that I think was that their one shot on target they I scored. So, yeah. But Celtic didn't really create much until after Aberdeen scored. And yeah. you'd expect that because Aberdeen will sit back, try and protect what they had. The best bit about the game was laughing at the Huns with Aberdeen. <laughs> Everybody was doing the zombie because they were getting beat 3-0. Darn. That was the best bit about the game. You've got to expect that that's the, the line-up for the, the cup final, give or take. It, it Gordon, like it, yeah. Gordon maybe come back in if he's fit enough, but I would strongly suggest that that's the, that's the line-up. So it was a chance to build a bit of confidence and momentum, and they didn't do it. And it's not, I go back to what I said about there being no dead rubbers at Celtic. When Brendan Rodgers was interviewed right after the game, about seven in a row, his first comment was, well, I'm disappointed we lost that game. So there's no way he's happy with these, these performances. No, it, it can't be. And for a guy like that, he'll pray, he prides himself on records. That's an unbeaten home record. He's not been beaten at home yeah. domestically. It stretches back 47 games, I think it is. The record... 52 with Martin O'Neill hmm. he'd had his eye on that oh, next season go in that it's a silly silly game to lose and it's annoying because that is going to be the cup final team fair enough we made a couple of changes that took off Moussa to give Griffiths game time yeah. put Armstrong on Sinclair on didn't put Paddy on <laughs> but uh, that that is going to be the team and Motherwell are going to play pretty much the same way Aberdeen did and we didn't we didn't handle it well at all. It might be different because it is a big occasion next week and we'll do our usual step up to the plate. Fair enough. But that is how Motherwell are going to be. They're going to be physical. And Aberdeen, they've been absolutely roasted by Tom Rogic so many times. They gave him special, special attention and he didn't like it. No. He was getting chopped all over the place and it just completely put him off his game. Speaking of Paddy Roberts, I know he didn't he didn't go on in this game. In fairness, he did start the previous game. It's not like he's been totally left out in the, in the wilderness. Actually, I saw him yesterday. As we recall, this is Tuesday night. I saw him yesterday. He was uh, reverse parking a gigantic Mercedes thing outside popular footballer haunt Cafe Parma. And he was parking. Oh, ter- terrific. Oh, the vision, the vision on the guy. No he just dropped a shoulder and then all of a sudden he was in this tiny wee space. Did we dug with him there? No, I didn't see it. It looked like his dad. Great showbiz anecdote there. <laughs> Mr Dembele comes back in, King of Glasgow, regains his starting space. What did you make of his performance? Nothing to work with. He's trying to create for himself. It's just just another game to forget. I hate saying it, but there wasn't much in the way of chances. Their keeper did pull off a few good saves, but I think we had 20, 19, 20 shots in yeah. goal, but none, none I can think that should have been a definite goal. Griffiths had the header, but apart from that, there wasn't much in it. He, like, if it had to finish a draw, fair enough. Even Aberdeen winning that, Celtic didn't show up again. They didn't, didn't deserve much out of the game. The boy, um, Anthony O'Connor, their centre-half had a couple of absolutely brilliant pieces of defending to deny. Their, their whole defence played yeah. out, to be fair. Dembele and McGregor had two pretty good chances and he got really excellent tackles in, actually. Dembele had one one moment of brilliance where he burst into the box to, off that kind of left channel and forced a quite a good save. He's fond of that. But the rest of the time, I thought he was... Doing really well, doing what he always does, getting that arse in there, doing oh, a bit of hold-up play, getting that big old big old behind in, bouncing defenders off him. But quite often let down by his final ball. He would slip somebody through and just put it straight out of the park. And it, would ju- it just wasn't clicking for him. So. He had a wild strike as well that went, I think it did a bit of deflection, mm. but it still went out for a shy. It's not really a problem. We spoke about it after the Hearts game. Like, See when he's got that space in behind to drive in, the power he's got. At Celtic Park, he doesn't really get that space and... He gets a wee bit isolated up mm. there because the teams are deeper and their big centre-halves 
they'll mop that up most yeah. of the day. I mean, for once, McInnes got his tactics spot on against us, I thought, and I actually noticed that Kenny McLean is quite a good player. Mm. In all the games I've seen him, he's never <clears> really turned up, but he was probably the best player in the park at the weekend. And Graham Shinney, for all he is a thug, he does, he does a job in there, so fair play. I mean, that's them missing the most creative player, Ryan Christie, so that's their best player out the game, and they've done well, but that's I'd another love thing. to give McInnes in it. <laughs> I know, we say this with gritted teeth, but that's another thing to maybe give Aberdeen credit for, because they've lost a lot of their best players. Last From season, last season at definitely. least temporarily, lost McGinn. Johnny Hayes is obviously a Celtic, and Ryan Jack, their captain, is is he still a Rangers? Oh, aye. Oh, he's always injured, doesn't he? That's yeah. right. One of their 20 midfielders. That's right. Bain, maybe. Maybe yeah. a little bit suspect there. Yeah, possibly, yeah. I mean, it is near post, but as you've said before, it's a bit of a myth, but I don't know if it was the best strike that you can yeah, see. Yeah, I've often said that in the podcast before because I've heard uh, David Priest, who's a, a really good goalkeeping analyst, pops up on podcasts here and there. Um, I, actually, I find him fascinating to listen to because he, he's good at describing goalkeepers and what they do and what they should do because to be honest goalkeeping is the the position on the pitch I don't understand at all I don't know why anyone would choose to do it with if I'm playing football you know you take turns going in fives if I make a save it's because I didn't jump out the way quick enough basically so (laughs) I don't don't understand goalkeeping at all so he's quite an interesting guy to to hear talking about it but he says that the, the near post thing is kind of largely a myth because the power and position is going to beat you no matter what the angle. If you cover your near post, then your far post is might be open. Having said that, it wasn't the greatest of you know power and position. Yes, but I don't know if this was necessarily the cleanest of strikes to be. Maybe a bit harsh, but it's another chink in Scott Bain's armour. That was the Hearts game where he didn't cover himself in glory. The this game, he doesn't cover himself in glory. He's not. He's never going to be a number one, mm. is he? He's good backup. He's better than De Vries, but. That's not really saying much for the guy. We hope God will be back, but we'll see. Just on the goalkeeping position, a wee rumour started today. Fraser Foster has apparently been binned by Southampton. Would you take him back? I'd take him back, but it just seems to be lazy journalism. For <laughs> <me>. <laughs> He's mean, never coming back here. And it wouldn't suit. That's exactly it. Never His kicking was chronic. Aye. And Aye. see, to be honest, even even the his strengths have gone at least for this season. I know he's, he's struggled with injuries, but he has had an absolutely terrible season for Southampton. He lost his place eventually. He'll not be anywhere near the England squad for the World Cup either. No, he's, he's nowhere near. He's maybe eighth choice or something. He's just fallen and fallen. But we, he's a good keeper. He was great in his day. Him, Boric, are the best I've seen at a club. But we don't want to do this hun thing where we're, <laughs> let's like get that. Steve Davis back. Let's get let's get the two. The Ten shot. years since Manchester and they're still wanting all those players Dashville. back. Oh, get them all back. <laughs> It's, it's a shame for Foster because I feel like he's been chiselled off that, that sort of plaque we've got that says we've sold... Chiselled off the Great Wall. <laughs> Excellent. The the plaque that says we sold Virgil van Dijk and um, Wanyama to these like big clubs, but Fraser Foster's name sort of disappeared now like that picture in Back to the Future because his performances have been so bad. We anyway, still get the cabbage for him, but it doesn't really matter aye, in the end, does aye, it? Exactly. Who cares? And who cares about England squad? <laughs> let's face it. Gary McKay Stephen played in this game and speaking of players that we've sold that have gone on to great things, I can't say I put Gary McKay Stephen in the same category. He is and, and I feel I feel like a bully saying it, but he's so so bad. Like he's He's a wee guy. He, do you know he's what, just I, a wee boy. 
And the thing doing is, doing something he loves. He's yeah. not bad at football. He's just bad at playing it. It, like, it. it looks like he's learned to play football with one of these like techers YouTube videos. It looks like he, he can do loads of tricks, but I can't actually stitch it together and make an effective footballer. Yeah, it's just one of those guys that the bigger the game, the worse he'll play yeah. because it's just, maybe it's self confidence or whatever. But just he couldn't. I mean, that performance in the. Cup semi-final against the Huns was utterly pitiful. <laughs> I, was, I was trying not to bring it up, but that's the reason I bring him up is because I'm always triggered by seeing his name because I think back to that game. That was the game immediately after Colin Kazim Richards dropped. Had, yeah, he scored against Hearts and had his best game. Wasn't well, he even on the bench, was he? I don't think so. I think there was all sorts of rumours that he'd punched somebody. It's hopefully, hopefully, it was... yeah, hopefully a Hun. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say Dyla. <laughs> anyway, forget all that, carry on. The Graham Shinney thing, at the end, he and Scott Brown we're having words but do you know what the difference between those two guys is Graham Shinney was doing all the all the gestures you know like waving his finger at people and and doing gestures because he knows cameras are on him and he knows fans will see it and knows oh he's giving Scott Brown a right talking to there Scott Brown's not doing that he's just talking to him he's just saying things right in his face because Scott Brown's not not concerned with what the cameras are doing I think that's the that's the key difference between two players like that that's it I mean Scott Brown clearly a better player but again it's another guy like Brown is the marked man in the team players don't rile them up anymore because it doesn't work no they just try and close him down hit him hard doesn't really work either but somebody's going to hit him hard and it's going to be a bad one so mm. but see that was a bad one yeah, yeah that, that was, was a, a really bad one Shane. I mean the, the one from the Ross County guy the uh, an Aberdeen player uh, Crossgrove he's just a big hammer thrower up front as well but he done his job and uh Smith, I mean, they're shocking tackles, mm. but Scott Brown can take it. Yeah. And saying that, see, like, guys like Shinny, you said it about, was it Edwards the other week? Mm. I like guys in yeah, yeah. their team, because see, when we are playing Barcelona and Tony Ralston's annoying Neymar, shouting at Neymar, we like it. It's, it's just what you want. You want a guy in your team that is given everything and isn't scared of the opponent he's up against. Yeah, other other players are better at selling it than Shinny was. Because oh, as 100%. I say, he's just he's there he's there whispering. He's yeah, just a wee annoying guy. <laughs> he? Like... It was a weekend full of disgraceful behaviours, and we'll come on to Neil Lennon next. <laughs> but Shay Logan, Shay Logan at the end has um, his antics, as the papers may put it. That was the most hilariously pathetic sending off I've seen since. Nacho Novos at Pataudry all those years ago. Oh, where, 10 plus, years ago? Yep, Celtic were winning the league at Tanadice on the same night and he got sent off while Aberdeen were beating them. Doing all the, very reminiscent actually, they were pumping the pumping the chest, touching the badge Grabbing and all that badge, kind of thing. That nonsense. What, what is his problem? I don't know. He's A just, broad question I know, but what's his beef? He's just one of, he's another one of those wee annoying guys, isn't he? Like, he thinks he's had a hard time at Celtic Park, so hmm. he's like, I mean, come on, the guy has been waiting years for this, hasn't <laughs> he? He has literally years for this one moment and he finally gets it. He makes a cunt of himself. <laughs> Do you know, I understand why I understand why fans like him, like a player like that. Because see we've just said it there. See, yeah, exactly. see if we've got a guy kind of doing the wind up and, and railing up fans and players we would we would celebrate that kind of thing I understand why we like it but we're, we're just about to talk about how much we love Neil Lennon <laughs> and how hilarious it is so we can't sit here and pan Logan for it can we just because he's a sheep <laughs> yeah anyway right that's straight in the bin that's a good link a seamless link straight to Neil Lennon how hilarious was that bloody hilarious <laughs> again it's a game if James, James was here he'd say I love the guy <laughs> he and does. I feel the same as well 
again for another reason I wish I was watching that game instead of the Aberdeen <laughs> game because I would love to have seen those those uh, full time celebrations for anyone who um, I'm assuming everyone knows oh, what I'm talking about 100%. but he was he basically covered about half the pitch doing a sort of aeroplane celebration after the late equaliser more than in. he did in his final days itself <laughs> it's more mobile the adrenaline got him through it but I, I mean the Rangers fans how can you get angry at that you've I know they will, but you've had it coming, surely. Do you remember? doesn't get talked about all that often now, but do you remember that time Rangers fans tried to murder him yeah. by sending him a bomb in the post? This, now, is, this isn't the Bullets incident. No, no, no. This is something completely different. Yeah, because Bullets, as much as it's not nice to get a bullet in the post, that's more symbolic. They sent him a bomb. <laughs> this is a bomb to your house? Uh, well, after... after Brings the, it on himself, mate. Oh, of course it does. I, I was going to say that. As in a weekend of disgraceful behaviours, his, his is the worst. <laughs> Um, Hilarious, and I wouldn't like to be his posty next week as well after oh. his airplane celebrations. Anyway, as a phrase I used a couple of weeks ago, but the juice was worth the squeeze in the oh. end. It was worth sitting through those turgid, appalling games because the trophy was delivered. The trophy was delivered at the end of it. Seven in a row, lovely celebrations, lovely day for it. Kieran Tierney can't about my megaphone again. Yeah, you can't whack that no. stuff, can you? Just <laughs> when you think, can you love this guy anymore? <laughs> Every time, I mean, he loves it more than me. I saw he loves was, it more than me. There was a great video um, flown around today. I actually watched it just before we, we came in to record. It was Focus on Celtic, uh, an excellent uh, Celtic Twitter account, had put together a video of just the general Kieran Taylor stuff. It starts off with that clip of his dad saying, this is the future right here. And then there's a wee clip of Sh- Nakamura giving him his boots and he just he looks about four. Oh, uh, right. It's just, just a great video. And he, he was interviewed after it and saying, like, it's, it's just his dream come true. We've heard it all from him before, but it's just it's just nice to, to hear it. In a, it's in genuine, an age, 100% yeah, exactly. genuine. That's, that's the perfect word to use. Because in an age where a club like Celtic, you're never, you're never really sure what players you're going to have from one season to the next. I think that's just one you can just rely on for the next... For, I'm not going to say he's never going to leave because he might hit 25, 26 and, and suddenly get some, some different ambitions and you wouldn't blame him at all. But at least for now, I think we can bank on Kieran Dierney. He's going to be there next season. Exact same job, waiting for that captaincy. Yeah, he is just waiting for it. I mean, he's got to be thinking, look, Scott Brown might do a Lambert and stay mm, for the yeah. 10 in a row, but he'll... He'll be club captain, but he won't be captain on the pitch. And they'll be far off 37 by then, you remember we brought uh, yeah. It's just maybe it is going to be a Lambert thing where he stays on and part time coach sort of thing. But Kieran Kieran is going to have his eye on that. I mean, he'll he'll be in his mid twenties by the time, hopefully if we do get ten in a row. I mean, for that guy after that he can still go and have a career elsewhere if he wants. Yeah. I mean he might want to stay, but if he does leave after that, you couldn't begrudge no, him because he's going to get to a point where he's going to be too good for this league mm. and this team. We just need to get get him some help, some backup in there. The guy loves it. I love it. And <laughs> right, there's there's Henrik Larson, but it's going to be Larson and Tierney are my favourite players, and he's only been here two and a half seasons. Olivier Capo maybe <laughs> in there as well. Uh, just on Tier- on Tierney, this is a seamless link all the way back to a game we've talked about ages ago. But come on, look. He came on, he came off the bench and, and, and changed it. Within 15 seconds, he'd attacked the box and put in a better ball than either of the makeshift fullbacks had done all game Ooh, up to that point. He spoke about Guardiola, how he spent a fortune on it's the important. two, the two yeah. fullbacks. Like, 
Last season, Kieran Tierney was one of our main players. We need to have somebody like that on yeah. the right hand side, like somebody that can move. Uh, exactly, and it's easier said than done. It's easier. It's easy to say, right? We need a Kieran Tierney for the right hand side. That things like that don't come. No, they don't. They but don't even a guy half as good as him still yeah. would be a great player. So <laughs> exactly. I mean, I, I quite often have a have a problem with the word backup being used because players are only backup until they're not. If a player comes in and doesn't perform to the required standard, well, to, to something approaching the guy he's replaced, you don't get to say, aye, but he's, do, he's only backup. Competition's the better Yeah, to exactly. It's no, it's no coincidence. You spoke about how his best football came when he was competing with Izaguiri. Over the other side, Lustig, arguably his best period for Celtic came when he had Adam Matthews in the squad. Patrick Roberts, who I'm sure we'll speak about, you know, his legacy at Celtic is going to include bringing out a James Forrest. James yeah. Forrest is playing the best football of his career because he's competing with this guy. You know, it, it's no, it's never a, a bad thing you have too many good players. And I, I'm, as I said earlier, I just hope that the fullbacks situation is going to get properly addressed in the summer. But back to the celebrations. Indeed. It's always good. It's always good <laughs> no. to lift the trophy. I just wish when they lifted it, I wasn't looking at their asses because I'm on the other side <laughs> no, and that is all I see. I was looking at Marvin Comper's ass when Celtic were lifted. Why is he there? I was just about to bring him up. It's hilarious. I feel like we've always said that throughout the seven in a row. It's always the guys who contributed absolutely nothing who are seen to enjoy it the most. Was it maybe 2012-ish, the celebration, and there was three guys on the pitch. I think it was Bangura, Rabiot, Ibrahim, Maybe one Yama at the time. I can't remember who the third one in this in this wee group was. Is that when the Dudu Dahan on the agent was gone, on the pitch and everything? Gone absolutely mental. Rabbi Ibrahim and Mo Bangura were going absolutely scatty. <laughs> it would be good to look back at all the, the... When they're lifting the trophy at the players and maybe if we do get to 10, look back at the first few and try and name them all. <laughs> like some of them, like, oh, I forgot all about him. I mean, we have got a massive, massive squad Aye. and there's a lot of duds. Some of them in a meadow sitting there as well. I'd be like, Marvin, put, put that back. Man. You cannot be serious. <laughs> 80 minutes in a cup game. You've not even played in the league, mate. Get that off. Speaking of cup games, there's another one coming up. The last game of the season. The last game of the league season is now, now behind us. We'll go to focus on the cup final. It's against Motherwell, our opponents in the other cup final this season. And they, they made a decent stab of it in they the Betfred Cup. They are, the, they are a team that, if it was Aberdeen, even after the weekend's game, I probably wouldn't fear. Huns, I'd lap that up. I'd be going to the bookies before that. <laughs> Motherwell, they're a different breed. They're mm. not the best team, but they do what they do well. They are another team that are effective. They don't make any bones about the fact that we're a physical team, we're not as good as other teams, so we combat in that in other ways. And that's absolutely fine. Yeah, that's that's fine. And they've got a guy up front who can score goals. So he definitely can. It's could it could be a tough game. Yeah. But as we've said before, this is it. Now one more game. Win one more game and again you're in history. Well, sometimes on this podcast, as listeners will know, we tend to we sometimes like to tie things back to history. And did you know that if this comes off, it'll be the first treble in Scottish football since way back in 2017? <laughs> <laughs> so, what is that? But um, I suppose it might it might boil down to how long Motherwell can keep 11 men on the pitch because big Cedric Kipre oh, is mad for a wee He is giddy for a sending off against Celtic. So, he'll be keen not to do that, surely. They are, they're winning games just now, Motherwell, but in fairness, they are the best team in the bottom six. They should be beating these teams. I think they got a tanking off St. Johnson recently. I think it was 5-1 or something. Yeah. But they've won two after that. 
Motherwell haven't beaten Celtic at all since 2015. Molt scored both goals. He, he was fond of a, a goal against Celtic as well, wasn't he? Yeah, good player. They, they seem to find them, replace yeah. them and keep going. Celtic started that game with Chiefchi up front. And oh, then, how times have changed. And then later brought on Carlton Cole. Not for Chiefchi, so both of them were on the bench, or were on the pitch rather, at the same time. Chief J and Carlton Cole. Goals, goals, goals. It's beggar's belief that... I know I've sat here and moaned a lot tonight, but we have got three good strikers, and mm. just less than two years ago, boy, oh boy, <laughs> we did not have three good strikers. It's amazing thinking back. We, we spoke a little bit of him when he sadly retired recently, but it's amazing to think that we would have been doing this podcast at the time. We probably were all for Carlton Cole saying that, That's how desperate we were, <laughs> because we thought, oh, it's a different option. It's maybe a target man up there, something different, something Pish, that's Cal- Carlton, the alternative call. <laughs> Did you see the news about this game? There's going to be a, a guest appearance. I can't believe this. Do, Honestly, cannot believe this. Do the words, let's get ready to rumble, mean anything to you? Yes. That's right, the guest is Anton Deck. <laughs> <laughs> let's get ready to rumble. Let's get ready to rumble. <laughs> 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 joke for the kids there. Um, no, it, obviously, it's going to be it's legendary boxing announcer Michael Buffer is going to be announced in the teams. I mean, that's that's box office. This guy, I, I might be wildly wrong here, but I'm sure I read recently that he has made four hundred million off that saying because he, he, he <laughs> copied it, it. Was it painted back in the day? And he's made that money. I mean, this guy does every big fight. And see if you follow him on Twitter. See when he was over for Bellu Hay recently, mm. he was putting up pictures from London. What a penthouse he had to oh, himself I, because he's absolutely minted. How are we... What is going on with the payments I don't, I here? I don't know. Is he doing this as a solid for somebody? His brother's the exact same. I think he... Uh, Bruce Buffer, he, he um, trademarked It's Time years ago and he's made a, a decent whack Living off Living off his brother and he's minted. Aye, absolutely ballers, the pair of them. I think we we joked after the Betfred Cup final that we we were both at that they'd gone all out. There was like fireworks before it, oh. played a bit ACDC before it and everything. So Michael Buffer's another step beyond that. Honestly, see if you had told me if I hadn't <laughs> read, seen his tweet himself saying it, I wouldn't have believed you. It's, it's the biggest thing to happen in Scottish football I, ever. I, well, they've they've gone out and trumped. Stephen Gerrard. All the chat last week about how Stephen Gerrard was the biggest name ever in Scottish football. Nah, blown out of the water by Michael Buffer. He was at Chelsea last week. Was he? He done the. Was it? He said, "Let's get ready to football or something." <laughs> That's terrible. But sprinklers came on during it. Didn't phase the guy right through it. Not a problem. <laughs> Soaked by sprinklers, Superb. still get every word out perfectly. <laughs> There's not really much to talk about with the the lineups going into this game because I think we both agreed earlier that that's pretty much what it's going to be like from the Aberdeen game. Looks uh, like I mean the guys that came in didn't really put up no a big shout to get a place ahead ended uh, do they and this is a tried and tested isn't it and that's what Roger said before the game he was asked if this was the kind of last chance the last audition for people to get a place for the cup final and he said mm, I've already got a pretty good idea of what I want but you know, that's not to say the doors closed for players. But he can't have been impressed by much of what he saw against Aberdeen, so I reckon he's, that's not going to change anything. I'd be amazed to see anything other than a very similar team to the Aberdeen game, with the exception of maybe Gordon coming in. Yeah, a risky one. I mean, it's one of those, if you put Gordon in and he, he does something wrong, like, oh, you should have went with Bain. If you put Bain in and he does something wrong, like, you should have went with Gordon. But Gordon is the number one. Yeah, absolutely. And Gordon does show up in these big games. He can pull off a save and Motherwell are more physical, so... Gordon is taller, so I know that's not the be-all and end-all, but mm. you, 
from corners and that you'd want Craig Gordon in there so Celtic have always turned up we've given them credit before we've always turned up in big games and this should be no different I don't really anticipate any major problems they've been slightly unpredictable maybe even untrustworthy at times this season you you couldn't put your house on them winning at home but this is another this is another big game and I can't fault anything Celtic have ever done in any cup game domestic cup game since Brendan Rodgers has been here no we've Barely even conceded no, a goal. No. So they turn up, he said uh, he said yesterday we look forward to playing at Hamden, it's a nice big pitch. I mean, two seasons ago we were fearing going to Hamden That's no right. matter we who we were playing. Yeah. Hamden uh, curse. How do now you love it, it's just you're gonna get a crap seat no matter where you I sit. Cannot. But I mean to go back to back trebles, I mean that's football manager stuff in it. If we if we do it, it's a great achievement and it would paper over the cracks this season. You'd look back oh, this season would, and go, yeah. double treble, I mean. And no one, I mean, in 10, 20 years' time, absolutely no one is going to be looking back on a double treble and going, well, we did draw that game uh, against Kamarnock. It's just, as it's, we said, we discuss it week yeah, to week. Yeah, that's so, it. But from where we've we've come from Dyla to now, it is incredible. And I was speaking to one of the boys, at a coach, he's a wee hun. No, no. Uh, he's sub. <laughs> Doesn't he get a game? He's a good wee player, but... You'd be educating this boy. 12 years old, and I, I was laughing about beating them 5-0, winning seven in a row, and I said to him, by the way, have you have you ever seen Rangers win the league? And he's like, no, I was four last time, oh. and I, I can't remember oh, it. imagine it. And I burst out laughing. <laughs> I mean, that is a 12-year-old. That is what I want. I want him to get to... Misery. He can have his first drink and not even see the <laughs> team... Not be able to toast his team winning the league. It brought me glory. <laughs> I, I mean, I say I say there that no one... In 20 years' time, no one will be moaning about these. Just, there's going to be someone. There's, oh, bound, there's bound to be someone. Neither now I'm moaning <laughs> about them. But look at last season, we dropped points in four games. Like, Should have won those games, shouldn't we? <laughs> <laughs> the last time Celtic played Motherwell in the Scottish Cup final was in 2011. Stuart McCall? I think I so. Yeah, it must have been. Muppet head coming out, <laughs> leading the team out. It's outrageous mullet. A game that is significant for a number of reasons, but it was Neil Lennon's first trophy as manager. I believe Scott Brown's first trophy as captain. He'd won the league before this point, but it was his first trophy as captain. Um, but more importantly than that, it was Celtic's first trophy for two years. And that's crisis level in this day and age. <laughs> two years. I think it was two, over two years since they'd won a trophy. But an absolutely extraordinary game. I hadn't seen it for a long time. And I, I went back ahead of this podcast and watched. There's a 10 minute highlight package Watch on it. YouTube. We'll put it, we'll put, we'll put it in there. <laughs> it is absolutely extraordinary game. There's so much going on about in it. I mean, the lineup for a start. Well, I'll give you 10 internet points. Let, let's just say his name before we give the lineup. Daniel Mistorovich. <laughs> I, I was going to challenge you to name the two the, the two centre backs, the central back pairing in um, this game. But you've um, already got one of them. So who's we having Lewins on it? Yes. Mark Wilson, obviously. That's right. Was Chuck Mulgrew playing left back? Is he gay? Is he gay? started, yes. Yeah, so. I remember if he was injured then. Mulgrew's in there. That he? was the Mulgrew in midfield era, wasn't oh, it? Like, oh. I know. But, uh, Brown will be in there. Yep. Key, obviously. That's right. Commons. Mm-hmm. Sam well done the oh. keeper was Fraser Foster but I mean th- those two playing at the back and people complain about Boyata I know I, I mean, know. people talk about like remember the 90s remember the early t- I've just realised I'm 8 years into this decade and I don't know what it's called what, I know. what decade is this the teens Two thousand twenty one. who know. knows but anyway it was 2011 is this Glenn Lewins that Mr Von Doom here said he'd take back <laughs> 
<laughs> ahead yep. of Gary Caldwell, was I'm, it? I'm sure it was, yes. Well, that was that was a low point. He did retract that, but he, did, he took it back. No, but that was a low. Impressive yeah. to win a trophy with that defence. I know, I know. And and one of those guys should have been sent off in the game. Oh, Mistorovic. He could have been off for a straight red. We we talk about it all the time. We joke about it all the time about how tackles from the past wouldn't fly today. Just wouldn't get away with anything that happens in. In past football, it'd be straight red. But he, this is only seven years ago, and uh-huh. it, it just goes unnoticed. The commentators are like, kind of like, ah, well, it, it's a kind of a nasty one. But you by know, any standards, in this day and age, that's a straight red. Oh, Th- to give that a bit of context, Mistorovic plays a terrible pass into it's midfield. It's all his own fault. Yeah. Twice, yeah, he does a lustig and has to make a wild lunge at a tackle, trying to cover his own mistake. And he just halves the guy, just studs up straight into the shin. But see the pass, but it was a simple pass <laughs> it wasn't as if the guy had to Five move other, to cut yeah. it out it was unbelievable sorry see when you say about leg breakers mm. see if he'd have caught the guy like somewhere else he could have snapped oh, his shin it was ridiculous he was a big guy then Mastorovich huge it? that big chrome dome man oh. <laughs> see the problem with Mastorovich is I defended him at the time because I used to work with loads of Huns and I thought right he's he's got to be good he's a Sweden international and no one has ever Looked, one of the most capped Sweden players yeah he had a huge amount of caps and never has a player looked so much like a centre half but failed to play like one remember he got sent off in the first minute against Sion away from home that's right gave away a penalty <laughs> and got sent off oh, in the first minute remarkable let's do an entire podcast on Daniel Mastorovic <laughs> shortly after that horrendous tackle he had an extraordinary handball where he just basically just punched the ball out of the air under no pressure Nobody whatsoever ball's going out of play yeah it was we, we talked about that Hibs Incident this season where that Slivka, I think it yeah. was, just jumped up and pff, caught the ball. This was even worse. He just punched the ball. <laughs> he could have gone for that as well, but the ref didn't do anything about it. It, it, was, it was in the same game. It wasn't just after this, but Stephen Craigan had a ridiculous oh, handball as well. Stephen Craigan had a nightmare in this. More, more about that. But Stephen Craigan should have been sent off for a deliberate handball because Samaras had just skipped past him and he just lay on the deck and punched the ball away. Then he gets booked later on, and yeah. then he has another foul on <laughs> Hooper, was it, where he goes it's, right through him, and he was raging about that. It's an absolutely amazing game. Craigan, I think he got away with that handball, because the ref must have known, I should have sent off yeah. Mistorovic for one of those incidents. But the goals in it, Ki Sung Young, an absolute screamer, to open the scoring. Pushing um, down on cup final day, again. That's right. He sort of shifted the ball on his left foot, and let, oh, let rip from about 25 yards. He's going for it himself. Oh, what a goal from Ki Sung Young! A stunner in the National Stadium! It's first blood Celtic! And it is an absolute cracker. What a hit. But he picks up the ball. Nobody closes him down quick enough. So he just sets it up for himself. And then he decides he's going to let fly. But it comes in here. Nobody closes down quick enough. And he's hit it right at the side netting. Very difficult for the goalkeeper, but what a super strike. The second goal, though, was hilarious. BT, <laughs> BT pundit Stephen Cregan scores an own goal. I think it was Mark Wilson who's sort of... He lit- can't just score a normal goal, that no, guy, no. can he? It has to be an absolute shanner. <laughs> Mark Wilson just sort of cuffs the ball across the, the box and Cregan knocks, knocks it into the net. But he also conceded the free kick for the the final goal which was well, he wasn't even booked for this and he goes no. right through the back of Hooper and he's complaining to the referee doesn't even touch the ball nothing <laughs> it's, like, 
Oh, it's worse than that one he does in Sutton. Yeah, hi. And hi there, the BT <laughs> But in fairness, Charlie McGrew, he's much maligned on this podcast. We've had a go um, many times, but he could hit a mean free kick when oh. he wanted to, and this was this was no different. Right, good chance here for Celtic to kill it off. It is Mulgrew, and how about that for a free kick? What a finish from Charlie Mulgrew. The cherry on the cake. The cup's going back to Parkhead. I think I actually preferred that goal to Keys. I, uh, Keys sort of comes off the ground, but mm. with Mulgrews, if it, there was no net there, that was just going and going. That was travelling. It was an absolute peach. And it's lovely seeing the ball hit the smash the net when it's pushing down like that because you, you see the rain flying Fly off. Net. And a nice wee knee slide after it, lovely. <laughs> the Motherwell team featured a cameo from a superstar. I'll give you a clue. He's played under Alex McLeish and Arsene Wenger. The Fox in the Box. Franny? Franny Jeffers came off the bench for Motherwell in that game. Legendary. That was one of those. They had a decent team then, didn't they? Yeah, I think that so. Randolph was yeah. in goal. and They had a good team there. Who was the boy that scalped the bar with an absolute peach yesterday? Oh, yeah. A gunning. Uh, the bar oh, was a absolute cracking, cracking effort. Yeah, but a good team. Randolph, Hamill, Cregan, uh, Hately, Lasley, Murphy. I take it that's the Murphy who's now, who's now the Jails, must be. John Sutton as well. But that was that was an important trophy to get because, as I say, it was the first in ages and the first for Neil Lennon. We'd thrown away the league that year, hadn't yeah. we? It was ridiculous, but I suppose brought back the thunder, Neil, didn't he? And we still love him. Right, that'll do us for this week. Let's go through it. Yep, next week will be the last podcast of the, the regular season, sadly. We're going to continue through the summer with some, some Patreon stuff. We've got some ideas for that. We're kind of floating around. Um, if you're interested in that, you can find that at patreon.com forward slash 20 minute Tims, two zero minute Tims. Um, we've got loads of stuff going on there, extra podcasts, a couple of blogs that have been quite fun, a wee bit of video content. So if that interests you, then that's that's where you can find it. And thanks to everyone who has supported that so far. We, we hugely appreciate it. You can find us also on the new Celtic News Now app, which has just come out. Um, Very good app. Yeah, indeed. Uh, a must for all Celtic fans, you would, you would suggest. You can find their podcast as well as... Everything Celtic. Yeah, basically. basically infinite content on there. That, that's well worth checking out as well. You can also find us on TuneIn Radio. Now, I'm not really sure what that is, but if that's how you consume your audio, then you can find us on TuneIn Radio as well. I found us by just typing in TMT plus the number of the episode. There we are. Floyd Mayweather will be after it. <laughs> I know. We better watch that, actually. Right. Thanks for listening. flexibility take yoga want flexibility with your health insurance check out united healthcare insurance plans underwritten by golden rule insurance company they offer flexible budget-friendly medical dental and vision coverage that may be right for you more at uh1.com hi i'm daniel founder of pretty litter did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain i learned this the hard way after losing my cat gingy so i created pretty litter a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors saving you money and potentially your cat's life 
Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.